0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Attacking the Championship podcast. My name is Tom Butterfield, I'm your host and let me welcome our resident guest, our certified data analyst, our scout, our FA licensed coach and intermediary, the slightly hobbled David Bromley. How are you,
1: mate? I'm all right, Tom, thank you. (laughs) Slightly, you're right, I am slightly hobbled, just just getting over a a neck problem. Okay, uh... gotcha. You know more How, about these things than me, by the way. But
0: yeah, it's kind of kind of my area, isn't it? But, um, yeah. but you're you're on the mend, by the sound of it. So I
1: am on the cool. mend. Yeah, I've had a few days of just feeling sorry for myself and trying not to move in the wrong oh, way. It's, and it's not nice, mate, is it? It's no, not nice. No, no it's very painful. painful. Episode twelve: Super subs. Yeah, super. sub. I don't know what you're going to do by the time by, by next week, by the way. I'm probably going to gonna but... ditch it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, <laughs> unlucky for some, <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, subs nowadays mm. obviously, there was a time where there were no substitutions. Yeah, uh, and, even and now, I don't remember that, by yeah, the way. That's right. <laughs> and and now, of course, we can make you know five in, in certain competitions and have almost mm. the entire county on the, on the bench, but um. Who's someone for you that that you felt was was fantastic at, at coming off the bench and maybe changing a game and having a positive effect?
1: Well, I do remember. I think the super sub, the one who sort of f- for whom they coined the phrase, okay. and that was David Fairclough at Liverpool. Oh, okay, um, yeah. So I thought you might ask me this, so ah, I just good did a, did a very very quick Google on him. I mean, I ah. remember him. I remember when he was sort of all on everybody's lips, and um, I think he scored 18 goals in 62 off-the-bench appearances. That's pretty which, good, isn't it? Which is very good, actually, yeah. Yeah, um, When you're talking about, he's probably only got, and again, back, back then, often you got five minutes, 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um So, I mean, I think he played, a, he actually started a lot of games for Liverpool as well, but everybody thinks of him as super sub, and that was the first time I'd ever heard it. And um, so I think it was, you know, he was the original super sub. So that gotcha. he'd be the one that would spring to mind for me. Yeah. And when someone says <clears throat> super sub,
0: because I'm a bit of a, a geek of football, his name is the first person that come to mind as well. Mm. Uh, but for me, I, I suppose watching football, and again, we've talked about it, haven't we, sort of around a certain age that we are when we're mm. watching football. I think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer for me, yeah, um, he just always seemed to score off the bench, you know. Obviously he didn't, but he always seemed to and of course scoring the winner in that Champions League
1: final as well, I think was uh,
0: pretty much cemented it into history, didn't it?
1: Well yeah, he's certainly got a and he's got his name very much sort of established as, you know, somebody who could do that.
0: Absolutely uh, at the
1: highest level, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. And and he probably would have started more games for any other
1: team, wouldn't he? Mm. I'm sure he would have yeah but some players seem to be able to do that job because yeah. I think it's a difficult job coming into a game and picking up the tempo and picking yeah. up you know that everything about the game it's not easy to do that and some a lot of players I think can't do it find it very difficult but others do seem to be able to come on and just they're there it's and they're, they're up at, up to speed
0: and do you think that's do you think that's a mentality thing or do you think that's you know, a, a technical thing. What, what do you think um, that
1: might be? Yeah, I don't know. It it might be a bit of both. I think there's definitely a, a psychological thing going on, Um, but it, yeah, it's probably a bit of each. I'd have thought, Tom. Really, you know, where when,
0: when you're sort of when you're starting a game, it's it's much easier because you've got a process and you <laughs> process again. Yeah. You, you have your your warm up. You know, you have your team talk. The manager goes through a few things, maybe set pieces, that sort of thing. You gin each other up in the in the dressing room. You go out, have your boots checked, whatever. Take your positions, and then you start the game. Yeah. When you're when you're coming off the bench, you're not really sure when it's going to happen, are you? Um, no. So, yeah, I, I I guess it's it is a bit more difficult, I would say. You know certainly coming off the coming off the bench just to pick up that. That pace and get into the into the. um I think so.
1: I mean, and a lot of times, as you say, players go through a routine, don't they? Mm. Where yeah, you know, they the things they're doing are not significant, but it's the fact that they always do those things in that it order. Comfortable. It just it? yeah, it just gets you psychologically prepared. Mm. And if you can't do that, as you say, because you're not sure whether you might come on in the first five minutes or the last five,
0: yeah,
1: then it. it, it I think that adds to the difficulty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, definitely. Well, there's our super subs then. Fair club from Solskjaer. Two fairly yeah. decent players. That'll, that'll do us. Now, last week we started going over in more depth about the whole recruitment process, didn't we? The three-part process. So yeah, that was so we did step one last week. So if you want to go back into that episode if you haven't listened, very, very highly recommend that you listen to that before actually listening to this one. So you can sort of double back uh, onto there. But today we're going to go into into step two and this is where it starts to get really interesting i mean step 1 is is interesting but we start to really sort of sharpen up and and get closer to the the players that are really taking our um, our attention aren't we so do you want to just talk us through it david and i'll I'll pop in with any questions and butt in where i i feel yeah. appropriate
1: <laughs> yeah sure yeah well as you say it's it, this is the meat of the of, of the whole process really i think you know the three part tripartite process as i call it um step one as we as you say we 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 started with last week. there's a very clear objective for each of these steps so step one's objective was to create this sample of 250 players from this enormous global talent pool so we're talking about one position at a time when we talk about this so let's you can pick any position you like but if we're looking for a player in a position we're probably starting out at the very beginning with 20 odd thousand players, 25,000 players to pick from. And somehow, in last week's um, step, we had to get from there to a a good number of players, but a manageable number, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I've identified as 250 as a sample. So that was the last week's objective. This week's objective is to take that sample and to evaluate it, really, um, with a view to. Presenting um, players to the next step, which which will be the third step, which is the acquisition step. So we're saying, okay, you've done a lot of the heavy lifting for us. You've presented us with this good size but manageable sample of two hundred and fifty players. We're we're going to do the real kind of evaluation, and from that, we might be looking to deliver, say, you know, two or three that we say, maybe even maybe one. That we say, well, look, we've done the work. This is the one we'd like to target. So yeah. the, that's our objective for this for this stage. Brilliant. And you can broadly, you can split this stage into two elements. You can say, well, there's the data analysis element, and then there's what you might call the eye test or the conventional scouting element. Um, and you would start with the data analysis mm-hmm. because, again, you've still got quite a lot of um, filtering to do haven't you You, you, nobody's going to be able to go and watch 250 players in every position Mm -hmm. so you need a way to be able to say okay we can start by watching video we can start by doing technical scouting but not on 250 players in 11 positions so how are we going to get to again a number that we can logically start with but more important than just how do we get to a number, it's which ones in which order. Mm-hmm. So we've got these 250 players, and we're looking to create a list of players by ranking them, so that we can say, right, well, we'll we'll start to watch video clips and start to produce technical scouting reports from the the top down. So we're starting mm-hmm. with the ones that we think may be the most likely ones to progress
0: uh-huh.
1: um but the, the really critical part of this tom is is how do you actually rank them you know are, how it, we talked about this a little bit before a few times if we just say the best players well that begs the question doesn't it you know what yeah. do we mean by best yeah um so what we what we're doing in this particular stage is we're taking our particular requirements And this takes us back to the discussions that would have already taken place between Mm -hmm. head coach, sporting director, technical director, whoever else is involved in this process of deciding which players to go after. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need appropriate players. We need players who we're saying, these players, given the way that we intend to play, given our medium to longer term, objectives and and given the therefore given the start the style of play given the um the setup the formations that we might want to employ which players have the attributes do we think that will be will be appropriate will be consistent with our requirements for this um Absolutely. so there'll be so there'll be some when we when we started this last week some some of these the criteria is club specific, so some mm. of it's to do with things like how much will these players cost. Some of it might be to do with what their age range is and that kind of thing. So it'll be somewhat sort of the club will have a view on those, and then some of them will be, if you like, more sort of coach specific, where hopefully you've got a you've got a um, coherent um, process going on where the club and the and the managers or the club and the coaches see everything the same way, and so it's all you know they all agree on everything but the the stuff we're going to be looking at now has got to i think uh, largely come uh, certainly with a heavy coach based influence to it so we yeah. we all, we all, all heard of sorry
0: yeah i think that's i think that's the big thing is you know when you when you lay it out like that it's everybody needs to know in what direction you want to go. You want to take the club, isn't it? You know, everyone has to be on board and everyone has to have an idea and, and be wanting to pull in the same direction. Cause if you've got a club saying, well, we want to play high pressing, fast possession attack in football, but you get a manager in who maybe doesn't play that way, then you know there's a disconnect, isn't there? And, yeah. and it's, it's not going to work. And we've talked about it in previous times where they've, um, I mean, let's let's say you can probably think of a few championship clubs where clubs have had, you know, a possession-based style. Things maybe haven't been going as well as they've wanted and they've brought in a coach who is a bit more direct, you know, long ball, more physical sort of play, which isn't going to necessarily <laughs> match the playing staff that they've been accumulating over the last three or four windows. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's such an important thing to think of and you'd think it would be common sense, wouldn't you? But as they
1: say, common sense isn't always that common. (laughs) No, it's not. I mean, you you would think it would be. And I think anybody, you know, anybody probably who's designing a system from scratch would design it in the way that, as you say, these these things fit together nicely. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and and clubs have done it and clubs are doing it, Mm -hmm. but there are usually where it becomes most challenged is – where things aren't, as you say, aren't going to plan yes. and there's a threat there. So, yes. you know, you find yourself in the bottom six when you thought mm-hmm. you might be in the top six. Yeah. And rather than uh, beyond just, well, we're not, doesn't look like we're going to meet our objectives. Actually, our whole sort of existence in this division is under threat. So, <laughs> and do you, yeah.
0: Do you think, um, I mean, ov- obviously things, things never improve, in a linear fashion do they you know whether you're you know learning anything or whether you're you're, you know playing a new sport or, or whatever it be you know anything in life never never improves purely in a linear fashion so do you think that's something that clubs need to always bear in mind is the fact that there will be times when maybe things aren't going as well as they should be but this is the plan you know let's and do you think it should be a thing of rather than knee-jerk, you know, getting rid of managers or, or getting rid of playing staff, it should be a, well, let's go back to the process. You know, we should be, ref- we should be using this in a, in a positive fashion, really, and saying, well, this is actually a learning opportunity for us to go back to our process and look through it and see where things, perhaps we thought we were doing the right thing, but we've actually missed a step here. And we need to go back and, and and refine it. So it could almost you could almost see as a a, a bad season being a good season because it gives you that opportunity to learn a little bit more, doesn't it? Because mm. you know, I've always thought that you learn more from a defeat than you do a victory. Because playing playing in games, I think whenever you win, the manager will come in and say. Oh, I know. Well done, lads. You know, great win today. You know, fantastic. Off you go. You know, see you on Tuesday, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you lose, you feel like you're in there for an hour. You know, you're dissecting every. Yeah, yeah. you're you yeah. sort of dissecting every part of the game. This we need to work on. This we need to work on. This. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've certainly seen that from a from a personal point of view. You know, how how would you how would you see it?
1: You, yourself? Yeah, I've, well, I think you're right. I mean, it, it's um, you. You, you definitely learn more, don't you, when mm. things don't go well. There is a tendency just to sort of yeah. accept that, well, we won the game. And the thing about football is that you don't always get what you deserve.
0: No.
1: You know, it's not a game that's renowned for, well, the team that plays the, the best during the course of the game wins the game. Some mm. sports are more like that. The thing about football is that very often the, the result doesn't reflect how well the team's played. So there is a temptation to throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were, yeah. and say, well, look, we lost the game, therefore everything's wrong, let's change everything. Whereas, actually, you may have played very well. You may have mm. been unlucky or you may have just failed to convert the chances you created or you, or whatever. And then if you scale that up, that can happen not just in the course of 90 minutes, but it can happen in the course of several games, can't it? And sure. then you start thinking, oh, well, maybe we need to change the manager. I mean, look at, for example, if we're talking about the Championship, look at what's happened at Middlesbrough this season I and last exactly season. Thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. two different managers, but two very poor starts to the season. Mm-hmm. Very, and, and nobody would have been that surprised if they would have said, look, well, we've seen this before. We're going to change it up again. But, yeah. it's, and we, you see this all the time, don't you? So, if you have a very clear buy-in from everybody, where mm-hmm. everybody has put the work and put the effort into doing the planning, and they've come up with reasonable plans, and people believe in them and buy into them, then I think it's easier for them, the club, to ride through these periods of difficulty because yeah. we know this is this is what football is. This is the nature of the game is that you know sometimes. The, the team that you think should have won the game doesn't, which is I suppose why we watch it really, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. It's what makes it popular. Um do you so- think that's do
0: you think that's where <clears throat> knowing more and understanding how to construct, you know, insights from the data? Because the result is just one metric, isn't it? You know, mm. so many goals are scored. But if you can actually look and understand the underlying what's actually happened in the game, mm. do you think that gives could give owners or give chairman or managers more confidence or more clarity in, in what's actually happening, you know, away from results.
1: Definitely. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head. If you can read what the messages are in the data, then you do get a much better understanding and then and they, you're better prepared. To. It's a little bit like, um, and this is something that I've been involved with in my career but it's a Mm -hmm. little bit like if you're taking a position in a stock on the stock market Mm -hmm. and you take the position for a particular reason because you've analyzed the company and what they're doing and maybe the personnel and the stock price is going to be fluctuating all over the place from one Mm -hmm. day to the next yeah but if the message if the reason why you bought into that company in the first place is hasn't changed Mm-hmm. then you shouldn't be shaken out of your position you shouldn't Absolutely. be you know and so you know that's one way of looking at it and I think as long as you as long as you're doing as you say as a as a club and as a team the thing that you plan to do mm-hmm. the results are a, a kind of they're an important noise but they're a noise you know not we can't say they're not yeah. important because no. in the end we all get measured by them so yeah. you can't take your eye off them but you've got to to understand them for what they are. Because
0: how many managers do you feel get sacked for not carrying out the plan of the club and how many managers get uh, canned for results?
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I think the, the reason why they get canned mostly is because of this difference in the time horizon. Yeah. So, you know, a manager... A manager going to look at it and say, "I mean, you could look at it whichever way you like. You could say, well, look, the man, the manager or the head coach is going to say, well, I've only got five or six games at mm. any given point yeah. before, if things don't go well on the pitch before I'm toast. Yeah. So I'm not going to look at things beyond that mm. because however well I'm doing, you know, I won't be here to see the benefit of it. Yeah. So when we talk about bringing young players through, for example, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, coaches get criticised for not playing young players and not supporting the, the the club's academy system and youth system. But then they're the ones who get very often, if depending on the club, who get the blame if things don't work out in the last four or five games, they're gone. Yeah. So their time horizon is inevitably different.
0: Absolutely. So
1: this is why I think you have got to work on it. As a club, you've got to work on what is it you're really trying to achieve And can you bring everybody into the same process? And can can everybody look at the same things?
0: Certainly, I I think, you know, a a manager has to have that sort of word from the chairman or from the footballing director or whatever saying, look, this is not just about results this season. We've got a 10-year plan here. Mm -hmm. And as long as we feel that we're moving in the right direction – Know playing the right style of football, recruiting the right amount, right type of players, then your job is is safe here. You know that's mm. this is what we've hired you to do. But of course, it's not as easy as that, is it? No, you know, it's easy 20, to say. You've got twenty five thousand home fans screaming at you because you've just lost four nil at home again. Yeah, it's um you know, and a chairman sitting there in his in in the box, and people are shouting at him. It's it's a bit more difficult, isn't it? You get the emotional side of it kicks in. The as reality well, is. Yeah. but i guess that's the same for a, for a stop position right you
1: know it's the it's, same for everything isn't it yeah. really the realities of life and you know also there is only so much planning you can really do because yeah. you and i know and we all know that that there've been times in your life where something's happened completely out of the blue and it's had a mm-hmm. uh, it's had a disproportionate effect yeah. on your life and you yeah. didn't plan it it just happened but mm-hmm. you know there are ways of planning things at a higher level, that make those kinds of sometimes sort of um serendipitous events more likely. Yeah. And that's what we're really what we're really trying to get into here is saying, look, if the process is coherent, so let's just go back to this process for a minute yeah. and say, look, yeah, if you sit down and say, okay, here's the way that we intend to play. This is the way that we believe that as a club, given our resources and According to the the competition that we'll be facing in this division, the best chance we've got is if we play in this style. And you might bring other things into it, like what's expected of you from the from the supporters and so on. But you've come up with a style of play and said, "This is the this is what we believe is the right style of play for us." That then starts to inform. You know, are you going to be trying to dominate possession? Are you going to be saying like it's all it's all about? keeping possession, passing, trying to um dominate games. We all yeah. know if you're looking at the championship, you know, there are clubs in the championship mm-hmm. that are tried to, that try to do that. That mm-hmm. the Southamptons and and there are managers like the Russell Martins who like to play that way. That's their style. Yeah. And if that's your style as a club, then that's going to start to inform your formations. Mm-hmm. And the formations that you go into games with is going to start to inform the roles that you want the players to play mm. to, and then that's going to inform the attributes that you need from those yeah. players yeah. and again we touched on this bit i think last week are you looking for fullbacks to be primarily defenders um, or are you looking for them to add a significant offensive contribution to the team and that will depend mm. that will determine to some degree the the ranking order that you were, you're you going to rank these 250 players in, let's say you're looking at fullbacks, for example, yeah. and you've got 250 fullbacks out of a possible 20,000, then you're going to start to say, what the first thing you do is you say, right, well, we, according to our conversations and according to our analysis, there are several key performance indicators for this position on the pitch that we believe are the most important ones. So we have a tool, which is, uh, you know, a bespoke tool that takes raw data and it transforms it into whatever you say is most important to you for the position under consideration. So you're looking at this, this sample size of the sample of 250 players and they might be attacking midfielders, for example, you know, a 10. Mm-hmm. And you might say, well, look, the way we want to play – Um, there's 24 key performance indicators that our tool has got and there'll be things. And again, we have talked about these a little bit in the past. They won't be the metrics that you get from your data provider, which will be very low levels, low granularity metrics. They will be things like um, incisive passing, like uh, quality delivery, like creation of space, like mobility, like recovery, things like that, that, coaches talk about and you will identify from those 24 maybe five or six potentially that you think are very very important for your player for the player that you want in this role beyond the others you know so the idea is you don't want to say well they're all important because then there's no way of ranking the players Yeah. yeah yeah so what you want to say is well here's my 250 players according to their performance over this period of time that we've specified when we built the sample, let's see from the numbers the players who have ranked highest for those maybe, as I say, four or five key performance indicators that we think are the most important for this role. And what that will then do is it will play back to you from the 250-player sample the ranking order for each one of those key performance indicators And then an overall ranking order, which says, well, you told me that incisive passing, creation of space, a goal threat and quality delivery, for argument's sake, were the four most important key performance indicators for this role. On that basis, here is the, the ranked sample in order of who performed the best at the top. for those four and then here's the overall one so the idea is the first thing you're trying to do with this data analysis is to go to the technical scout and say well look there's 250 players here i don't expect you to watch you know 30 video clips for 250 players Mm -hmm. every time i come to you for every single position um but here's an indicator of where you might start so yeah. The 250 players are all there, ranked one to 250. You might want to start at number one and work your way down. But the important thing is that when the technical scout does this, they do it in an, again, in a proceduralized way. So they say, okay, you've told me the key performance indicators that are important to you and the basis upon which you've ranked these players. So when I watch these clips, and these clips, by the way, are all synchronized with the metrics so when i watch them i'm going to report back on those particular key performance indicators so my report is going to say um you've told me that these four or five are the most important for these four or five this player would score this score in my opinion for each of those And I I like it to be quantitative. I like to use numbers rather than subjective where we just say, well, he's good at that and he's rubbish at that and he's average at that. I like Mm -hmm. to use numbers because I think we can always – it's something that you're always pleased you did later, you know, because if you end up with tons and tons of players and you want to compare them, it's much easier to compare them numerically than it is just by – well, you can't do it very easily subjectively. So, again, there's a – I think I've sent you some stuff before this where um there's an example of um the the technical scout report a simple basic simple report where you know they'd fill in the day and the player's name and the club and the key performance indicators would come through automatically on the report sheet and then they'd fill in their kind of overall comments about the player but then they'd give them a grade for each one of those key performance indicators that's right um are we and then, okay
0: to share that on the...
1: can share that. Yeah, yeah on the it's, uh, great stuff. So we'll, we'll pop that on there for, for yeah. everyone to have a look at. And then, really, the technical scout's job, he's really only got one job in this particular um, case, and he's a, his job is to say, look, are we going to evaluate this player further mm-hmm. or are we going to dismiss the player, reject the player, and... The reason why he's been rejected will will be clear from the results of the analysis. And again, it's an orderly way of saying, well, you started out and maybe the technical scout was part of the conversation. I think they probably should be, you know, depending on how the club's structured. But we started out looking at these positions and in the context of the overall way we want to play and... We identified these areas that we think are important so on the basis of what I've seen these are my grades for this player in those particular disciplines yeah. um so and this can all be done
0: <clears throat> and this can all be done from a portal cabin at the club can't it or from, from home and, and that sort of thing so I think that's that's the great thing we, we we talked about this in episode one with with step one is the fact that it's so efficient resource wise. Yeah. you know th- this can be done on location you know while you're sat next to the sat next to the coach we could be doing it at home no one's got to travel anywhere you've not got to have 50 50 staff to do this 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 could be if needed be done by one person with one computer couldn't it absolutely
1: yeah exactly um and i mean it, it might be obvious to say this but of course it's interesting to see this happen Is You've got this 250-player sample in in the tool, Mm -hmm. and if you change your requirements and you say, well, actually, we forgot to add that we want them to be, to have an aerial threat as well, to be strong in the air, and you add that one in, you'll see the rankings change. Yeah. Yeah? So the players are all there. The players are all the same because you've Mm -hmm. picked those players out according to a different set of criteria, which is Uh can we afford them You know, do they fit the right profile of of age and whatever other Mm -hmm. ones you might have on. So they're not going to change. The sample doesn't change until you change it. I mean, you're free to change it as many times as you like. But yeah you're basically saying, uh, so you could sort of you could look at this and say, well, if two or three different coaches looked at this, they might have different requirements for each position. And although the sample of 250 is the same, the ranking orders will be completely different. Absolutely. As soon as you yeah. change one, the whole thing changes. This is the thing that actually makes this sink in when you show people. This mm-hmm. is the thing I think that is the most sort of revealed. You know, the the
0: thing that interests me is is I mean, we're we're coming round to it where we're getting uh, a bit more. The rumor mill is starting to get going, isn't it? For for next uh, for the yeah. January window, and you'll get a report, for example. You know, I'm just going to make one up off the top of my head where well, you'll get a player that's been looked at by sort of five or six different clubs. And you look at it and you say, well, two of those clubs probably play the same way, but the others are a bit of a mix. You know, they they don't play the same way as each other at all. So well, what style does the player play in currently? Do they play direct? Do they play in a passing style? You know, all, all that sort of thing. So one player won't fit everyone, will, will it? You know, no. They have to be... And again, re- repeating ourselves, but I think it's such a key thing to repeat, is they must be appropriate for the club and the playing style and the requirements that the coach wants from them, mustn't they? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you're you're kind of setting the player up for failure, aren't
1: you? Well, I think this is a good, a big reason why you do get these, these kind of failed transactions where yeah. the player's not a bad player, you know, and mm. well, he's he's shown it where he was before, which is why everybody wanted him. And sometimes there's a race to get a player and the team that wins the race probably wishes they didn't (laughs) because they can't, you know, you can't reproduce the form when he goes there. Um, And and it's because the role that they're asked to perform isn't consistent with the role they've demonstrated their their ability in. So, yeah, yeah, this is a way of trying to say, look, you know, we want to review players according to how – important they are to us or what what their strengths are Mm -hmm. in relation to what we are going to be asking them to do when they come here so this is the first stage of it and Mm -hmm. you know we could we do things like um we put an exemplar in so we you remember when we looked at these sort of radar i love i love this bit by the way i think Um, this
0: is fantastic
1: well what we do is we say look we can reverse engineer this so we can take a player and say uh, it might be a player that we've got And we're going to lose, and we want to reproduce the same kind of playing style. Or it might just be that the coach says, "Look, I don't know. I can't really explain it, but if you could get me a player like such and such, yeah, he would be exactly what I would want, right? So then we can say, okay, well, let's pop him into our sample then, Mm -hmm. and let's see how his performance metrics demonstrate he plays. Let's see what he is able to do, and we can reset our requirements to match his strengths, Yeah, and then everything gets automatically ordered, ranked, Mm -hmm. in accordance with, you know, we're saying, look, he's the exemplar, so show me players that are like this player, Mm -hmm. really. That's effectively what we're saying.
0: Which is amazing, isn't it? Because, like you say, if, if there was a player who was playing in your team and you wanted to sign a backup for that player, then you could say, "Well, I want one that plays like this," but maybe I don't know. Maybe you might say, "I want someone in a twenty to twenty-three year old category because he's thirty-two, and we think he may be there for two more seasons." Yeah. So you, you're saying we want players who play like this. We want round pegs in round holes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I, it's it's really it's a real clever way of doing it, and I, I guess it makes it in a way easier if if you sit there in front of a, a coach and you say, "Well, you know, what do you want your?" what do you want your players to be able to do? And I said, well, I I can't really explain it, but I'd really like someone who can defend like this guy or attack like this person. It's like, okay, fantastic. You know, we can do that. So we talked a little bit, didn't we, about the the ability to communicate between the traditional football side of uh, a football club and the analytical side of it, and sometimes there is a bit of a, a disconnect in the language yeah. that's used. So I think this is just a really, a really clever way of making it really simple uh, for, for both to know exactly what
1: each other mean. Well, it's, it's revealing, Tom, because mm-hmm. you know sometimes, well, very often, you get a result and think, well, I wouldn't have predicted that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that that was the case, mm-hmm. and that might lead you then on to further. Investigation, you might say, the player that I thought would have been strong mm. doesn't appear to have come out very strongly. Even yeah. though I set, I said what my requirements were, mm-hmm. were well, his his uh, performances don't seem to have demonstrated that he's as strong as a lot of the others are. Sure, and of course, you know, let's be humble about it. We're not saying this is perfect. We're not saying that you can, no. you that you can. Perfectly and precisely translate a set of numbers over a number, a specified number of games, mm-hmm. to to give you exactly, sort of the last word on everything, you know, because it's not that easy to do this. No. So it may be that you're gonna you would want to reconsider how how you configure the tool.
0: And I think but, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's going back to that process thing. It's that constant feedback. And if you if you get getting a result out. You go, well, that looks wildly inaccurate to what we were expecting or what we, we wanted. Let's go back and look through the process. Or do we really know what we want? You know, yeah. Is that what we want? Or do we yeah. should we be looking elsewhere? You know, let's go back and, and start again and, and feed back into the into the feedback loop again. So, so yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's good. Well, it's good. and the other thing I was gonna say was um that of course you're gonna have players in these samples probably, unless you deliberately avoid this, but you're probably going to have players in there from lots of different levels. So you'll, you'll have some players that are playing in in the top division in one country and the second or third division in another country and so on. Mm. And so the other thing that this will do is if you ask it to, it was it will t- make an allowance for the the strength of the opposition that the player's playing against. Right. So we'll modify his performance figures to allow for the fact that he might be playing against weaker opposition. so we're trying to compare you know apples with apples here.
0: so you're you're taking so let's let's say someone who someone who performs to a certain degree in the championship let's let's say you've got a, a center forward who scores you know 12 goals in the championship just because you've scored 58 goals in the um, Egyptian sixth division. Oof. It's they're not going to say, well, you need to sign this person. it's going to be you know heavily weighted in the yeah you know to to show that
1: it is, yeah, because oh, yeah. you know and yeah, and you great. know, um because you need to do that, don't you but yeah. um I, you can look at it you can look at it raw if you want to you can, you've got the option of saying, oh no, don't do that, but you know yeah. I think it's a good thing to do that. I think it just helps
0: with the overwhelm of data, doesn't it? Because it yeah, it's it's taking things out, and and for sure, if you wanted to, you could you could check in on someone from time to time, who is playing a really low level and see if they see if they change or move. But I think overall, you you want to have, I suppose it's sort of risk reduction, isn't it, of of making any of, of getting the right person. You know, you want to make sure you get the right person, and you want to make sure you you reduce the risk as much as possible. Of course, decisions don't always go right, but you want to put things into place to to reduce that risk as much as as much as you can.
1: You do, and and also you don't want to rule out players just because mm. they're playing at a low level. Yeah, you want to give them the chance. Mm. So, you, but you say either we've got to rule them out because we can't allow for the fact that that level is so poor, or we want them in here, but they're going to have to really perform at that level. Absolutely, in accordance with, um, and it's it's done in a sort of scientific way. It's not just you know oh, well, will will. We'll downgrade them. It's done in a way where we're comparing the strength of oppositions. So, um, you know, hopefully it makes some sort of sense to do that. Yeah, um, I think it's real common sense. So this is, I mean, these are the kinds of things, this is the kind of analysis that you'd be doing in this first stage, which is the stage of the first, if you remember, I said we can split this step into two sort of sub-stages. Yeah. And the first one is the um data analysis and then the second stage would be the live st- scouting f- stage gotcha. which is you know is the what we might call the eye test really so mm-hmm. but what what you want to do with the scout so again i think we have touched on this but a lot of this is to do with trying to be efficient with our resources because we're lucky that we've got access to all this information about all these players mm-hmm. But, you know, how we can't – there's no point sitting down and saying we're going to reevaluate all 25,000 players because you'll get (laughs) – you know, it'll be the end of the season before you've got off first base. So we're trying to kind of go, well, look, these are the resources we've got. So how are we going to allocate these resources in the most efficient and effective way? And when it comes to the live scouting element, we're – Saying that somebody's actually got to get off to a game and travel and and watch a game. There's a lot involved in it, and mm-hmm. we've got what we've got. You know, some clubs yes. might only have one or two scouts. Some clubs might have an army of scouts. But what we're wanting to try and do is to send these people to the games that we think are going the, to give us the best return. So yeah. they're most likely to be watching players that they would say, yeah, I can see why you sent me to watch this player. Mm -hmm. So first, this is why we're doing this work in the first place. So we're looking to, out of the sort of 25 players, or you can pick as many as you feel you can get through in the the technical scouting phase, but out of these 25 or so players that we've looked at carefully and reported back, maybe we're going to send three or four or five of them. I mean, I don't know. It depends on, you know, how carefully you've, you've sort of selected the players in the first place and how demanding you are. And also depends on how many scouts you've got. But We're going to send some of them, a small number through to the next stage where we're going to ask somebody to go and watch the player play. Mm -hmm. When we do this, it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago, which is look, we don't just want them to go and watch the player and say, yeah, we like him or I like him or I didn't like him or, you know, he was he'd be good at this, but he was poor at that. Yeah. What we want to do is pick up on this strain of, you know, it comes from the very first conversations that we had. What are we actually looking for for players mm-hmm. in this role? So we're taking the same key performance indicators. I just included a simple sort of pullout from a scouting report. Um, which says, look, it's the same basic grading method where we're looking at we, – we're told what we're looking for. So – and in my experience, scouts like this, actually, because yes. you might think, well, yeah, I don't know if a scout's going to be sort of too keen to be told what he should be doing, but I think they do like it. They like to be told, look, focus on these things. Yeah. Have a really good look at these things. Um Because these are the things that we're most interested in. So going back to our old sort of twenty-four key performance indicators, we might send you to watch a player and say these are three things, or these are four or five things Mm -hmm. that we really want some very careful analysis and and reporting back. And again, we want it quantitative. So you know the whole thing sort of follows follows from there. Though so you're you're doing the same you're addressing things in the same way
0: absolutely I, I think going back to the the scout thing we you touched on it before when you you mentioned about the the head coach you know if you're looking at a uh, a central defender and you said no here's the list of key performance indicators which are the five or six you think are most important and they said well all of them and of course if yeah. you say all of them then you can't evaluate really anyone can you because no. you're not going to do anything. So, it it I've, for me it pays the same for a scout if you're saying to them i want you to assess these four or five things then all of a sudden the scout isn't just watching everything about the player they're watching these very very key things so i think you it just gives you a much sharper spear a much more of a sniper type uh, way to evaluate people because if you're looking at everything you're probably not seeing anything in the in the detail that you're looking for are you
1: well, it's interesting, actually. If you if you if you spread it too thinly, and you mm. say, and and I've again, I've had conversations like this, but um, where you, you've you're trying to hone in on the really really important things, and everything you ask about is important. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's important, that's important. And then, yeah. but what what you end up with, you don't really know what you're going to end up with. You get a no. player who is not bad at anything, but is not particularly yeah. good at anything either yeah so and do you think that's
0: an issue with the the person not really knowing what
1: they're looking for in the first place i think it's definitely an issue that they haven't sat down and thought about what they want because we again we we, i know we keep sort of touching on things we've talked about before but we Mm -hmm. we were talking before about being specific if you give a computer Mm -hmm. some commands they have to be specific because they'll be like a you know they'll be like um a person with no real um, finesse—they'll mm-hmm. take exactly what you say and do yeah, exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and and this is the problem you have if you don't, as you say, if you're not if you're not specific, and you don't focus in on things, then mm. you just get a whole load of sort of meaningless stuff back. Really, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't help you. But I mean, playing around with it is interesting because, as I said before, when you change something, you see that the order changes. It doesn't always change enormously. Sometimes it barely changes, but sometimes it changes a lot. Um, and it's interesting just to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, <laughs> what would this, what would it look like then, David? Do we have a, do we have a, an example of, like a. Not necessarily a 250-person list, but I think you've given me a snapshot of of a sample, haven't yeah.
1: you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I mean, I've got any number of samples. Yeah. Of, but but um, um, I'll put I'll put that up if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I think it's for an attacking midfielder uh, that we've we've sort of looked at. Uh, yeah, and there's also uh, a few of the pictures of the from the performance analysis tool as well. So you've got the uh, different positions in a formation. Uh, and then the uh, drop down boxes uh, for each each position as well that could be filled out with the manager and all the coaches to say exactly what key performance indicators they felt were most
1: important. Yeah, that's good. I think you've seen this before. Yeah, but... this is
0: this is great. So, so is this where you took is there is there a player who's an exemplar in this?
1: Yeah, there is. So mm. another part of the process, and this is when you get into really sort of digging down into one or two players, probably. Gotcha. So but,
0: we've we've sort of, so we've taken our two hundred and fifty. Yeah. We've gone through the technical scout has gone through a lot of the the, the players there, yeah. And we've maybe picked out one or two that we're going to send over to the conventional scout to yeah. go and have a look at. Yeah. Um, and and this and this could also touch on something that might make it you know just give you that little bit more confidence or a bit more data on on who you should then try and acquire doesn't
1: it well remember when we we talked about the exemplar we said look if we've got a player that we think let's say we might be losing a really important player because somebody's come in and said we like this player we like to buy them and they want to go and it's one of those where you just know they're going to be leaving so and they're really important or it may be just that you know there's a position that you're having trouble filling you know of a player who would be perfect, but for whatever reason, they're not you can't get that player. But yeah. you what you're really doing is saying, can I try to identify clearly the style of this player? Because I wanna I wanna find other players that might be similar. So yeah. what we can do is use another process on the same 250 player sample, mm-hmm. but we can basically what we're doing is plotting them on a on a chart um and saying i want you to show me clusters of players that are similar to each other yeah so where they land on this scatter plot is going to tell you about their particular playing style and then you can draw a circle around the player that you you're particularly talking about and anybody Mm -hmm. who's within that circle is more like that player
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So they'd so, be the ones that you're more likely to go and want to have another look at and yeah. see how closely in reality they are to that
1: person. Yeah. So and this is Six a process is, this is a it's basically a mathematical process mm-hmm. that you that you can run. Um, but it is interesting. It's where you have so many variables that you can't accurate. You can't plot them on a chart that would make sense to a human being, you know, because yeah. because the, the more detail you want to put on a chart. I mean, the more accurate it is, but the harder it is to understand. Yeah. So if you've got 24 key performance indicators, you know, you've got no chance. I mean, if you've got four, you've got almost no chance. So basically there's a way of doing this where you can say, well, okay, I can drop them all into this this process and it will start telling me, according to the numbers, the ones that most like each other. So Mm -hmm. it's just something more it's just another way of kind of getting the idea of the exemplar yeah um going you know and it yeah, and it starts to tell you it can tell you things about how you view players you know so it, yeah, I it's think good. it's it's a, it's an interesting way of looking it's at a things.
0: useful it's a useful tool for sure because it's it's visual isn't it and it's yeah a visual way of showing you how similar someone is or potentially similar they are to another player yeah and perhaps you're looking. So on this chart here, uh, you've you've got up in the top right, you've got Kiate, down at the bottom right, you've got Musaev. You yeah. wouldn't be saying that you'd want this person to be the same as, you know, you wouldn't want to be looking at signing those two if you were looking for someone the same as uh, Jake Cooper we've got as the exemplar here.
1: Yeah. Well, it, yes. on the basis yes. of the performance, so what you've always got to remember is that you've asked it for numbers that cover mm. a certain period. Yeah. Now, you can make that period longer or shorter you can say i want you to look at the last 5 games mm-hmm. or i want you to look at you know all of the ga- games so far this season or I, I want you to look at all of the games this season and last season whatever it is you want yeah and everything that we're looking at all our analysis yeah. will be based on that period that sure. time period so obviously there are benefits in in taking shorter or longer perspectives on players you know some it gives you a benefit, again, I think this sort of thing we've had mentioned before where the longer we did it when we talked about our championship clubs, you know, the, the further back you go, the more yeah. comprehensive it is, but it might not be very reflective of now.
0: Sure. I think uh, especially if a player is is maybe developing or they've changed clubs, um, you know, maybe they're not quite where they were a season and a half ago and you're, you're looking at five years worth of data which might skew it a little bit yeah exactly yeah it's some um, no it's that's good that's interesting i like that I like
1: so that. really where we are then i suppose is we're saying look um this is this second this second um step in the process isn't it we've we've done the data analysis section where the yeah. technical scout does his work provides then the conventional scout with just a few names Mm-hmm. but but names where there's been some consideration rather than just oh you know the agent phoned up about this player or you know somebody mentioned that player or yeah and and you know hopefully this scouting's a much nicer job when it's a co- when it's in pursuit of a, a specific Absolutely. process rather than yeah. it's just random and you know we may be wasting our time completely today
0: mm. um well that's it. just seems a much more potentially efficient use of resources doesn't it yeah you you, you don't want to travel to you don't want to be a scout traveling to a game thinking well what's the point of me going to this i'm not going to see anyone here because that's gonna maybe skew your opinion from the outset isn't it whereas if you know that well i'm going to go and see this left back who's supposedly strong in this 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 and this and that's what i've got to evaluate today yeah totally different isn't it Totally different. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I think you do a better job because, yeah, you know, he's very more, focused on yeah, you're certain more focused, things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: definitely. You know, and I, I I, know of stories. A scout's been to watch a player and, and somebody has said, um, Oh, you watched that game. What did you think of this player? And mm-hmm. they said, I don't know. Didn't even know they were playing because they were yeah. so focused on the player they were watching. Yeah. They didn't know the score. No. They didn't care, really. No. You know, they didn't no, care about anybody, and no, and to be it. honest, that's how I think it should be. Yeah,
0: because well, you see you just so much game, aren't you?
1: Yeah, because you see mm-hmm. so much off the ball, don't you? Yes, you know, and the, if you're following the ball, you're not seeing. There's so much you're not seeing. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, true. So I think this is, is a this this step is all about taking that. um you know, long short list, if you like, and then really trying to narrow it down. But it's always got to be in accordance with what's being agreed. So hopefully, scout, when he goes to watch the player, knows why they go. They they recognise why they're watching those players. And then the ones that go through that process, because that process is the same as the technical scouting process is. I know what I'm watching. I'm going to quantify what I see. I'm going to make a, an assessment and a judgment on what I see. And when it comes back to the next phase, which we'll talk about in in the next episode, um, no one's going to be surprised by the player that yeah. gets to that stage. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, that that's the <laughs> thing, isn't it? Is, is
0: there's always, it's always a process all the way from start to finish, isn't it? You know, all the way mm-hmm. through step one, you know, beginnings of step one that we talked about last week, all the way through this step too that we've we've talked talked through, everyone can, if you ask a person, why are you going to see that person today? So, well, they've been, you know, and you can refer back to the previous step in the process, can't you? Yeah. And then you could keep following those breadcrumbs all the way back to the start again. Whereas sometimes uh, I speak to some scouts and say, oh, what are you watching today? I'm going to watch um, Watford versus Birmingham under-21s or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. Anyone, anyone in particular? Not really. You know, mm. not any particular player. Okay, well, mm. good good luck with that. You know, watching twenty two players. Yeah. You know, is is not easy. We already said it's difficult to just to watch one with no guidance, let alone
1: well, twenty two,
0: where you've got no idea who you're looking at. And what?
1: And the truth, the thing I always think about is, you know, what is the likelihood that that is the best use of your time today? Exactly. Because there's exactly. so many other games on, Yeah. with so many other players, yeah. what's the chances that that is the right game for you to be at today?
0: Do you think there's there's a lot of you could almost argue that most scouts should be spending most of their scouting time watching video stuff first in order to you know even if even if they didn't have this process, hmm. it's like if if someone said, well, I want you to go and watch uh, what was it? I said Watford versus Birmingham under twenty ones. I feel that I'd want to watch a good chunk of, you know, those players playing first before I went to see them Mm. just to understand who I'm, there's no point me watching that centre back, you know, Mm. I'm not going to watch them, I'm going to watch them, but the left back looks like something we'd want to look for.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, yes, I do. I, I do think that I, but again, you know, the trouble is, these all this information is changing every week yeah so yeah what what do you use to guide th- you this is the problem without yeah. a process mm-hmm. we're not saying this is the only thing the only way it could be done and everything else is rubbish and this is perfect we're not saying that what we're saying is we have a process and we follow it and it's yeah. it's it's logical so it mm-hmm. it relates to what we say we're looking for it's not random mm-hmm. um but if we've got a process, we know that we're doing it in a sort of orderly way and the likelihood it's going to be more efficient. Definitely. Whereas otherwise, you just think, even if someone said, well, look, don't just go out to watch games, do some video scouting, which I think is the right thing, is is the right idea. But what video scouting? Because you've yeah. still got half a million players you could be watching or <laughs> exactly. however many. So you exactly. go, well, and it's changing all the time. Yeah. So I think you've got to have a process that says, this is where it starts. These are the steps. This is how we put, we move through the steps. This is what each step's objective is. And then we can dis- disassemble it and say, look, we don't think we're getting to watch. We don't think we're watching the right players. Okay, where do we think this process is breaking down? Where do we think maybe we could be doing this better? When you've got the process, I know we go on about this all the time, you can do that. you can say, well, if there's twelve steps to it, you know including all the little substeps, mm-hmm. then you can pull you can pull each one apart and, and see the yeah. ones that you think are not yeah. as good as they could be
0: yeah
1: it no, gives you a feeling absolutely. of it gives you a feeling that you're not just sort of whistling in the wind
0: absolutely it? it's it reminds it reminds me a bit of you know, playing darts blindfolded you, know, yeah, yeah. You, you might you might hit the bullseye but you also might hit someone sat at the bar somewhere you, well, you might well do yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, especially if you're like over. me at darts
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whether you're blindfold or not
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah it, it just it just makes a, a lot of sense to be so much more guided i mean it, yeah just just to be guided know what who you're going to see what are you looking for when you watch them and how are we going to measure it when we come back and then compare that to other targets as well it's it just seems much sharper doesn't it i, I keep saying yeah. it much more sniper like much more uh specific to to what yeah. we're looking
1: for yeah and you can and you can look at the process itself can't you and say absolutely is yeah. that is process that... good or if yes. there are bits of that that we could improve yeah. Yeah, which, which yeah.
0: you would hope that you would over time, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. You'd find issues with it and you'd pull threads on things and improve it. And and that's yeah. why I think sometimes people are people are worried about making mistakes or getting things wrong. But actually, it can be a really good learning process of saying, okay, so we didn't get that one wrong. Let's pull this apart. Let's go back through the process and say, ah, when we did the video scouting or the technical scouting on this player, did we look at this? It's yeah. Like, oh, well, not not really. Or you you might find that the technical scouting done by uh, done by Bob when he's in that's when we seem to get bad targets to look at. And you Why? say, okay, well, well, maybe rather than just have a go at Bob, we should take Bob in with the other person and say, well, what is it you're looking for? You know, show me yeah. what you think is is a six and what is a two or, or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah, because um, it could be they're being too harsh. You know, they're they're wanting perfection with things. So there's always a chance to learn and to improve, isn't there? And and uh, and coach people along the way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and when you do when you do that, when you um, evaluate things quantitatively, mm-hmm. you have to know what that translates to as well. Yeah. So as you say, yeah. what is a three? Mm-hmm. That has to be specified so everybody agrees yeah. with what a three is. Sure you know so You've but again without technology. the process you can't do any of that stuff
0: can you no that's that's it yeah exactly so it's um yeah it's it's, it's good it's good I've, so we've we've got ourselves now so we've gone from 250 250 yeah. players and we're now down to how many would we want to be at after we've gone through our, our data uh our technical scouting and our conventional scouting
1: well i think you know it may be that we've just got one between one and three targets yeah you know if once this has been done fully mm-hmm. and I, I'm a big fan of again when you if you're doing this properly and comprehensively, then you want to be watching players in different environments mm-hmm. So when you get down to the point where you're actually watching them live, the earlier you get you you uh, you adopt a process, the more time you get. Yeah. So you're not up against it all the time where you've got a couple of days before the window and you know you you haven't got time to do all your due diligence and everything. What you're doing is saying, okay, we've identified somebody quite early, quite a long time before we might have to act, who we think might be a, a target, but we want to watch them in home games. We want to watch them in away games. We want to watch them against stronger and weaker opposition. We want to watch them in different, as many different environments as you can. Yeah, to get a better all-round um, evaluation.
0: So it's been it's been proactive, isn't it, rather than reactive in the recruitment yeah. process. Yeah, because like you said, it might be that a, a team all of a sudden you come round to uh, December thirty first, and someone says, "Oh, by the way, we're going to come in and sign your uh, your captain, your mid, your central midfielder," and you go, "Oh, crap!" You know who? Are you? Who are we going to get in? Because you've got a really yeah. inexperienced squad and that's going to leave us really, really open, right? Who who do we need to get? And then it's a scramble, isn't it? It's a big scramble. Well, Whereas if you've been actively scouting a list of of two to three to five players yeah. and you're saying, well, we, we think these are the people we want to look at, you can be watching them, like you said, in, in different environments. And you've mentioned this to me before as well, is you can even do some off-pitch due diligence. Yeah. as well, can't you? Just to find out you know what, what sort of character are they? Are they going to fit in with the ethos of the club?
1: Well, more in and more, boy? you must do that. Yeah, you know, it, it, I even think that that's at least as important as all the rest of this. Mm. But the reason why you have to do this is, again, is to give you the time to do those things, yeah, which exactly. tend to get overlooked. But what we're aiming at, actually, what I should have said to you, again, we've talked about this before, is – we're aiming at building this target matrix, which is, three, as you say, three to five players in every position mm-hmm. that we've identified and evaluated and watched and done due diligence, due diligence on so yeah. that we don't just have a player that we say, well, if we lose him, we're going to go after him. But yeah. we have a number of players in every position and this yeah. takes a bit of time. It's not a three week yeah. job. It's not a three mm-hmm. month, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to take you some time to get from maybe a slightly more chaotic situation to mm-hmm. a rolling permanently or dynamically updated target matrix of players where you're saying, you know, these are the players that we've done our homework on in every position that were we to lose the right winger or the center half or whatever mm. we would be looking to go with for one of these players yeah um, so, and when this is all in in place yeah these these jobs it's it's a lot easier to keep these things ticking over mm. you yeah. know because you know where your where your efforts should be going
0: and everyone knows their role as well don't they they know yeah. their role in the process yeah.
1: yeah and when we come on to the next stage you know again we'll talk about this target matrix more Um, but the acquisition phase is served by all of this Mm. you know so it's a case of you know we're we're ahead of the game this is where we're trying to get
0: I because my my thoughts are when when we've talked well when we first talked about this and my mind was pretty blown to smithereens by how much it made sense and, and why isn't everyone doing this all I could think of in, in my mind was eventually, what once you've run through this process, you'll have a, you can have one football pitch up on the the left left hand side with your with the names, and I, I think I've seen this on on a couple of uh, football sort of documentaries where and in, in, in a few sort of clubs as well, where you have your goalkeepers, you know, in goal, and you've got three names, and they're the players mm. who are on your squad, uh, all the options that you can have. And then you can have another one right next to it with your live acquisition targets, uh, the players you're actively scouting. Like you said, you're yeah. actively looking at. And of course, that's going to be a bit more fluid because you might have players dropping off that list or coming onto that list, players you've scouted and you've said, well, actually, no, they're not, they're not for us. Mm. Uh, so they go off and someone else comes on. But just, just to have that clarity of being able to walk into a room and look on one wall and, and look slightly to your left and say, well, this is, who we have got and that's who we could potentially get these are the most appropriate players for us mm. that must be such a reassuring thing for uh, a, a director of football for a, a coach as well because you can literally just stand there with you know two or three people and just assess potentially the entire future of your club over the next mm. three or four windows mm. just in in one space and i'm not sure that many clubs would be able to boast been able to do that
1: i i think the difficulty is that again you know with personnel changes you know some clubs have quite a lot of um um stability in the sense mm-hmm. that they've got people that have been there a while and they've the systems they've put in place are they endure with the people and they but a lot of clubs they people come and go don't they you know, sure. they sat the manager or the head coach and he brings a lot of people. The new one brings a lot of people with them yeah. and everyone else, everybody else gets moved on. And it's kind of a constant churning of everything that mm. makes it very difficult to, to actually get to a point where you, you, there is that stability yeah. and that co- continuity. And that's what you're talking about is that the continuity of having a known this isn't something we just wrote down. This is something yeah. we've built over a period of time. We've yeah. done the work on this. There yeah. isn't a name on that on that pitch that hasn't. We couldn't sh- show you why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know how they first came into the to the process and Absolutely. what we've done and so on.
0: So we covered everything there, David.
1: Well, if yeah, we we've, we've, feels like we have. I think we have. We've covered this second step, really. Yeah. I mean, quickly ish, but. Yeah, yeah, I think we've covered it. No, um, I think
0: it's it's great.
1: And the, the reason why we're going through
0: these three steps in more detail is, we'll be doing some sort of live running through with. Once the rumors really start to pick up with clubs, we'll we'll pick a few out from the from the news, and um and we'll we'll test David's uh system, yeah, <laughs> and his, his speed of the system, and yeah. we'll actually go through and and say right, okay, well. Do we think this is accurate? You no. Know, should these clubs be looking at this player, assuming their playing style and, and their requirements for certain positions? Because, of course, some of some of the things we're going to have to assume because we don't have the full inside knowledge. Yeah. But we can make a, certainly a, a good assumption on a few things from the data that we pick up. Would you say that's fair?
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have to, as you say, we're going to have to modify the process a mm. bit just because we don't know. Yeah. We haven't, you know, we haven't got it for every club. Every no. position and and all their plans. But we can we can do a logical um And
0: I think that's what football's
1: all about, through. isn't it? It's about having yeah. an opinion and yeah. you, know, you know go
0: through it and say, Well, we think that this player is maybe not an appropriate target for this club, whereas someone else may well think, God, No, I couldn't think of anyone else more appropriate for our for our club yeah. to come in. And and of course then the great thing is it, it will play out and we'll we'll find out for certain on the pitch.
1: Yeah. Well, so, you know th- there should be some logic to the things that you do shouldn't there? Yes, definitely. You sh- should at least be able to say look, there was a the reason behind yeah. this and th- this is the this is how the reasoning went. Mm-hmm. Um so what we're not going to do anything with just randomly we're going to do things according to what we think yeah. the data is trying to tell us. Yeah. And um, and
0: this is the process we're going to go through to to get yeah. the the green light or red light potentially on a, yeah. on a player, aren't we? Yeah. So, um. see, I'm I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to be doing that pretty soon, actually. We're going to do the acquisition phase next week, aren't we? Yeah. And then after that, we may well, because the rumour mill will start to pick up pace the the, the closer we get to December, uh, we might even start to put
1: in a few extra episodes a week, David. Uh, yeah, we'll, well, you need enough games to be able to... Neck
0: is. <laughs> yeah,
1: you need enough games to be able to sort of identify perhaps the styles of play and where the deficiencies have been, don't yeah. you? You need enough of those and then we should have enough and and there'll be players who will have played enough football sure. to have a, a bit of a sort of performance record that we can look and see whether we think, you know, they might be appropriate targets. Because we've got
0: teams down in the lower end of the championship who will not have the same budgets to acquire players higher up they might be looking in leagues one and two as well might they so yeah obviously you know you, you've got the data there for half
1: a million odd players so we'll be able um, to look at what we'll do is we'll look at the appropriate term um, we'll, we'll use what we think is appropriate criteria hmm. you know so we won't have the same sample. No. For, you know, Leeds and Southampton and Leicester that we use for yeah. Sheffield Wednesday and, you know, uh-huh. QPR, say. That's so we'll, we'll have a different, we'll have a what we hope is an appropriate sample for each. Nice one.
0: OK, David. OK. Well, I think that's uh, another one in the, in the bank, I think.
1: Good. So
0: thank you to everyone for listening. And we'll continue to attack the championship after the international break. We'll see you all soon. Bye-bye.